0: hey, it's seeking plum. So, I've been catching a lot of headlines, or hearing comments that are extremely discouraging, things like social media runs on rage and we can't protect our kids from it no matter how hard we try, or this is who Republicans are, and this is who Democrats are, or why should I vote if fill in the blank? There's just this inevitability assumed about any of those things. There are assumptions that, because it's been done a certain way that that's the way it has to continue to be done, or that because a 200-year-old document says X, Y, or Z, that's the way it should always be. I don't buy into it. Just because our government is the way it is doesn't mean it has to stay that way. Just because social media runs the way it does doesn't mean it has to stay that way. There's this great quote from a show that I'm obsessed with right now called Suits, and. One of the main characters, Harvey Specter, says, what are your choices when someone puts a gun to your head? And Mike Ross says, what are you talking about? You do what they say, or they shoot you. And Harvey says, wrong. You take the gun, or you pull out a bigger one, or you call their bluff, or you do any one of 146 other things. And that's just it. Just because John or Jane Doe can only see three options doesn't mean there aren't 15 just because a document was written a few hundred years ago as a foundation doesn't mean the foundation has to stay the same. Sometimes a foundation of a house will crumble or crack and needs to be repaired or even replaced. If social media, or rather their algorithms, or better yet the almighty dollar, are driving us to become somewhat uh, brain-dead or towards a greater rage towards different groups that are different than ours. Rather than take a defeatist perspective, or that there's nothing we can do, I think we have to find ways to incentivize the companies. When we're looking at government, just because the Constitution was written when it was written doesn't mean it can't be changed or added to. And just because we have the Electoral College doesn't mean that that's the way we should always do things. Maybe our population has grown to such a degree that it requires change. You could pick out any number of things that could do with some improvement, and that can be done. Just because it's always been done a certain way doesn't mean we're stuck. I think when you are talking about something that's already established, such as social media or the government, or pick anything like that, it is going to be very difficult to enact change but not impossible. I don't think that you have to destroy something to rebuild it better. When a society exists around money, regardless of how it started or how it got here, I think it's very difficult to incentivize the masses towards change without money playing a key role because we use it to get ahead with life so that we aren't stagnant to improve our lives. We use it to innovate. We use it as a status symbol, a way to measure even, as crass as it might sound, but a way to measure our worth and value to society. Because tech companies are driven by money, that is their goal, to make it and to continue to churn out more. And because money plays such a huge role in government, I think that we're, <laughs> we're in a tough place. So I wondered if there was another way to influence, to inspire people. And I think it comes down to emotions. But there are a few tricky things around that as well. We love instant gratification. We're not usually in it for the long haul. We aren't inspired to continue acting differently or to change if, if the finish line is set out so far ahead of us that we can't see it. And I think something else that makes it difficult to use emotion is that when you see something happy and wonderful, cheerful, those things are great. They make us feel good in that moment. But do they inspire us to change, to act? And I would say, generally speaking, not usually. And so then we have to look at the more negative emotions Because like I said, it's about instant gratification. We want to avoid things like pain or loss, whether that's uh, personal loss or a community's loss, you know, something small or something big. But what emotions play into those, you know, fit into those? I think to some extent it's things like shame and guilt and peer pressure, but they don't have the same kind of weight that they once did and I think that's in part because when you get on the internet even if you think you have an individual isolated perspective you can find a group of people who are like-minded and that's really what it's about right being accepted being acknowledged and being a part of something a group a community so you don't feel alone and if those groups have within them slightly different social norms where they may find something that's more rude or reprehensible in the larger picture in that community that smaller community it may be accepted it may even be applauded so is there a way to positively spin or influence or affect those who have become a part of groups that sit outside of the large set of social norms. And I think that's a difficult one to address, but each one of us is a part of multiple bubbles, if you will, that each have their own social norms. If you look at work, you might have certain things that you do there that are not necessarily a part of, you know, walking down the street and what you might do then, or if you are a part of a club or a church or even within the group, your group of friends. So, although some individuals may find a quote home with others who are like minded online, I think in person they have all of these other bubbles as well, and to some extent they might find like-minded individuals, but they'll also find a lot of other people as well. I think I think the more I go down this muddled path of looking at how to influence people using emotions uh, versus affecting tech companies or government, because it's hard, right? It's really hard to sway or move or shift a culture or masses of people and even if that's not the complete population but even thousands of people it's hard to influence them and affect change, actionable change, not just desire or interest. I kind of think there's this snake eating its tail when if we changed ourselves, the masses to influence government, to influence tech companies, etc. They would have to, to some extent, move with the masses if they want to continue to make and build their, their piles of cash. On the other hand, if the tech companies change, if the governments ch- change, then they have the ability to affect the masses when it comes to creating a blueprint for change, a map, I think there's far more to it than just stats and data and logic and this is what people want. I think you have to consider our humanity. I'm not saying those other things aren't important. They are. And they do play a part in creating that blueprint. But we also have to consider psychology and sociology. Even, even I think our physiology. Because, although it might be negative emotions to get the ball rolling in a new direction, I think that it might be positive emotions that keep that momentum. Here's a a strange (laughs) example for you, but look at the open concept living space. The idea of that. like Who came up with it first? And why are people drawn to it? I think it's not just because it's becoming the latest fad, but I think it makes people feel good to be in that space. So it's not just about the logistics of being able to see your kids in the other room, able to cook when you have people visiting, and all be in that same space together. I think it's about the feelings it gives you. And I would say it's not even always just the positive feelings. That i think help momentum it's the ups and downs it's those unexpected highs and those unexpected dips i mean i'm just thinking about television for instance and i remember when someone would get sick and they'd lean over to vomit you wouldn't actually see them do it and now oh every time it happens i'm like why And then there are words now that you hear more commonly on television that you didn't hear once upon a time. Things like shit and bitch and ass, you don't hear those, or you didn't hear those once upon a time. But whether it's language or the gross things or a character dying, you know, it's it's those ups and downs that keep you coming back for more, the unexpected. To enact change, I don't think you have to have these ups and downs continuously forever. I think it's what keeps momentum going to begin with. But I think that's really difficult to plan for. To work into maybe a business plan uh, or model or how to inspire a, a large group of people. But if we go back to that Harvey Spector quote, that you take the gun, or you pull out a bigger one, or you call their bluff, or you do any one of 146 other things. I think that although it's difficult, it doesn't mean it can't be done. Another quote I read in an article entitled, Why Do All Websites Look the Same? The author wrote, We've become far too obedient to visual conformity, economic viability, and assumed expectations. And I think that although he was talking about the look of websites and how they're laid out, I think this quote can apply to so many things, partly because we've been so influenced by the internet now that it spills out into everything else we do and how we think and how we act. It's why we think we're stuck. It's why we think we have to follow the drive of money. And it comes back to our humanity. Conforming is about consistency and dependability and knowing that we fit in somewhere there's a sense of safety stability and when a part of us maybe even biologically speaking hungers for that for all of those things safety assurance acceptance you know then it makes it all the harder for us as individuals or within communities or as masses or for tech companies or the government It makes it difficult for us to move into and continue with change, but I don't think it's impossible.